Welcome to Do We Like Movies. I'm your host, Angel. And today, I'm your host, Javi, that's going to talk about the ghost dimension. <laughs> uh, no? No, no, that's the other bad one. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Paranormal Activity 3 this week. And a lot of people ask, why are we doing it in the order that we're doing it in? And uh, I don't really have a good answer for you. Uh, it Our just... answer is, it's what we feel like. <laughs> Uh, this is the third film in the Paranormal Activity franchise, so it is two films earlier from the marked ones, uh, and you know, continuing the trend from Paranormal Activity tr- uh, two, it continued in the you know uh, prequel sequel kind of style. Um, I think we're going to be making some references to Paranormal Activity two, which I do kind of hope that we will review at some point in the future. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to be making references to other movies in the series in, that maybe have not been discussed. Except 4. I think 4 is like, you can completely disregard it at this point. <laughs> Which one was 4? Was that the one with the Xbox? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I vaguely remember that one. And then I remember Ghost Dimensions, kind of. I wish I don't. Or I wish I, I didn't. I never watched Ghost Dimensions from start to finish. Like, it's a weird fever dream where I'm I'm pretty sure, like I did with this movie, I've, I think I've just made a pastiche of different paranormal activities to make Ghost Dimension, like, in my head. Because if you ask me what happens, I do not remember. I do remember sitting down and watching it, like, going through the act of doing it. <laughs> but I do cannot tell you for the life of me. Like, gun to my head, I would probably die because I don't remember anything from that film. <laughs> well, a lot of the movies in this franchise are, like, uh, they, they feel so tied together. Like, I mean, one thing you can't blame this franchise for is not feeling connected. Like, all these movies you know, you almost get moments confused as to which moment is from which movie because it's just, they feel so close together. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, that's that's one credit to, I guess, the Paranormal Activity franchise is it does a really good job of staying consistent or at least feeling consistent. Um, like, even when we talked about, our, you know, in our review of uh, Marked Ones, where it felt just different enough to be, like, a nice little departure from the regular series but also still connected in that oh like it's still bringing in all these loose threads um that you didn't think were important especially in the first three uh paranormal activity movies mm-hmm. and tying them into something that oh wow this it feels like someone grabbed a bunch of things that weren't gonna go anywhere and made them go somewhere right um including this film like this movie this movie the the final scenes in uh paranormal activity or marked ones like the the big climax of the film uh takes place in the same place as the climax of this film so you got you want to jump in with uh your experience of the film what was your experience starting off with uh paranormal activity three i think my experience with paranormal activity three is much like the marked ones it's one of these ones that we watched together in theaters we were in theaters for like most of the movies in this franchise, I think it was just became kind of a tradition where all of us would just try to get together and watch these things. And I remember being interested in this one because they were going to go into the late eighties. Right. So it was going to mm-hmm. be, it was going to be the upbringing of Christy and Katie and showing their first encounters with this demon. And as you later learn, it really, it's much ado about nothing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's this, the earlier movies, like, you know, it's off reference that there was hauntings that took place when, you know, when Katie was a child, she had an entity that followed her around. Um, the original paranormal activity, you know, which we reviewed last October, we get the demonologist that shows up to see Katie and Mika and he, you know, Katie decides to tell him about like, all the stuff that was happening to him when when you with her when she was a kid and you know the house burned down and all that kind of stuff and funny enough there was a uh i remember there being a scene in the trailer that never winds up in this movie of the house burning down that uh that katie and christy grew up in there wasn't even a throwaway line about the house burning down no, like, it wasn't. Think about it. Like it's just one of those things that you see. That's one of the things I thought that uh, 
that like about because I remember earlier when I was watching this film, I told you, oh hey, I think they retconned something, or maybe I just misremember something. Turns out I misremembered it, but yeah, there's like there's weird little inconsistencies that I don't think they were really expecting to go past like as far as this franchise ends up going, right? But yeah, I think like you said, it's really interesting how Paranormal Activity became like this weird cult, like cultural event, like. Every, like you said, every October you come to expect a, uh, a paranormal activity movie, and we're gonna go watch it in the movie theaters, and we're gonna talk about how they're all the same movie. You know, after one, they all feel like the same movie. We're gonna complain about it, but guess what? In about a year and a half, we're gonna come back and we're gonna watch the same movie again. Like it, it's just so it's so bizarre. It became like this weird tradition for us. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if it was if it's still kind of like the weird like mystique of it when Paranormal Activity One was first making its rounds, and it's just crazy that a franchise has been able to evolve just based on like word of mouth, right? Like I think that's that's the biggest thing. Like Paranormal Activity should be celebrated in the sense that it's the little movie that little movie franchise that could, because it was just completely exploded just based on this like rink-a-dink like really low budget film that turned in that just turned out in this like huge phenomenon in many cases it's it's you know it's what built blumhouse right and uh so yeah absolutely it's a big deal you know what this franchise has done in terms of putting that movie studio on the map um but let's we can go ahead and get into this movie so this movie starts really at some point during Paranormal Activity 2 uh, or a li- at least a little bit before then, I guess a year before then. Uh, turns out that in 2005, uh, Katie was living, I guess he was living for a while with Christy and, and Dennis, her husband, from I mean, Paranormal Activity 2. Fucking nerd. Uh, <laughs> um but it looks like it looks like what's happening in this scene, which I'd never really paid that much attention to before, is Katie is kind of unloading some stuff that she's not going to take with her because she's about to move in with Mika. And uh, among the things that have ended up in her possession are a box of videotapes. And what's really interesting after you see the scene of Katie dropping off the tapes is it cuts to the year you know later when uh paranormal activity 2 is taking place mm-hmm. and uh there's a scene in the very beginning of the haunting uh, that takes place in that house uh where everything in the house has been ransacked like it, it, it has all been pretty much destroyed except none of their valuable possessions are taken at all which in paranormal activity 2 it's like it's just one of those weird demon things right whereas this movie is now telling you that the reason why you know, the house was broken into, it may have had nothing to do with the quote-unquote demon per se at all and had everything to do with this cult uh, coming in to take the box of videotapes from Katie and Christy's childhood. Probably to keep uh, Christy or um, Daniel forever seeing it. (laughs) So, like, you know, to keeping them from seeing it because obviously they're planning on having children and they're going to end up having the first boy in this family in generations. Well, you know, witches love their home movies. So that makes <laughs> per. But you know, that's something I didn't think about. And like, especially after watching um, Hereditary, where it's like the presence of the cult is very, is very felt throughout the entire film. This this totally feels like something that's dovetailed in. <laughs> yeah, like, hereditary, Rosemary's Baby. It's just uh, like that. Those were things that I always had it in mind to have the cult be a thing and like to have such an influence in these characters' lives. It feels like for Paranormal Activity, they're like you know just fucking rail coke, and then like Jason Blum is like, and what if there's a coven of witches? And then they're like, all right, fuck it, let's put it in the script. Now there's a coven of witches. Get ready, stupid. Yeah, I think this movie does, uh, it, it kind of marks a fundamental shift in the franchise, right? Um, they are now changing from the original two movies, which were completely about demonic possession. 
where someone in the family is possessed by a demon and uh you know demon katie is gonna take away the baby like you know it's it's all revolved around katie and it all seemed to be just the fact that there's been an entity that had been following katie her entire life waiting to possess her and uh that's what ends up happening right eventually um Paranormal Activity 2 tells you that Christy, Katie's sister, has also been touched by whatever this demonic presence is. And it actually actually ends up uh, attaching itself to her first, and she's the one who passes the curse on to Katie, right? Every new chapter of this franchise changes the mythology. And this one is finally now, it's like, no, we're not, it's not the exorcist. We are really talking about something that is more, you know, in, in the vein of witches and mm-hmm. specifically Rosemary's Baby and, you know, several movies like that. And I like the cool witches, like the witchy chicks that listen to Fleetwood Mac and shit and like, you know, do, I don't know, I was about to say do crystals. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is more like your actual like, you know, toil and trouble types of witches. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and and this, you know, okay, so we might as well just get into the movie now that we've kind of done the backdrop and everything. Uh, once mean, we get past that scene, we, we cut to 1988, which now we know we're going to be seeing the rest of this movie uh, through the lens of a camcorder uh, in, in, you know, 1980s camcorder. It is, you know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense that that for some reason their entire lives have been followed by them documenting all these demonic presences in their lives growing up but we i think the original movie katie doesn't explicitly mention that she has a mother and a father and christy doesn't exactly do that either right so what this movie is now going to tell us is that christy and uh katie lived with their mother and a stepfather uh, named Dennis, right, who is a wedding photographer and videographer. And the reason why he's got the, you know, means and capacity to film all of this footage in a time before, you know, before, like, everyone having a camera was not common is because, you know, it's part of his job, right? I know. That's how they solve that issue because it's like – in the eighties, I'm a, you know speaking as a someone that was born in 1991, <laughs> you know, so I, I'm clearly an expert on eighties culture and whatnot. But it's like my understanding was just camcorders weren't a common commodity back then, and even then they were super expensive and bulky and shit. So it makes sense that they make this dude Dennis and like the, they they give him a backstory and that he already has it. It really like writes off. Um, just a bunch of like what would have been stupid inconsistencies right mm-hmm. um now with dennis as far as dennis goes where does he rank in your hall of great paranormal activity side characters uh he's probably the best uh boyfriend character in any of this in, in any of these movies because number one's hector right i think we all agree that like hector is yes yeah, so we're talking characters period i think <laughs> hector and jesse are one are in one a like i think they're both equally fantastic and important characters to the franchise <laughs> they get their I, own wing in this hall <laughs> i think dennis is occupies the second best place in this um because he's not mika like he's not annoying and he's not like douchey new metal looking <laughs> no i mean like obviously his face like he looks very modern like he looks like a person who exists like in the 20s 20s in the 2000s and 2010s right mm-hmm. but very much he he is a you know he obviously has bought this house with you know uh with julie who is katie and chrissy's mother He's yeah. taking her kids on and is raising them practically as his own children mm-hmm. and uh, seems to be very involved in their lives, right? Like he's filming birthday parties. Uh, both the girls seem to love him and care about him very much. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just he's he is a very likable you know, character and very much someone worth following in this. Um, we don't, we don't explicitly follow Julie and I think it makes a lot of sense by the end of this movie why that is. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I think this movie really does like fix why Chrissy or Katie don't really necessarily talk about a lot about their um, childhoods mm. or why there's a lot of things they might conveniently forget or a lot of things they don't really bring up ever again. Um, so I think that's what this movie tries to like fix in a way, kind of like do kind of not a soft reboot, but like a couple of soft retcons, right? Um, but yeah, that comes on a little bit later. But yeah, like you were saying, Dennis is a really likable character. He gets along with the girls. He is obviously like crazy about Julie. Um, and I guess it does this movie deposit. Yeah. It does the night one, like numbered nights, right? The numbered night scenario. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we find out these folks live in, um, out in Santa Rosa, actually. So actually closer to our end, <laughs> our side of the state. Um, and I guess kind of night one or leading up to night one, we get to meet, or, you know, we get we get a bunch of various clips of these characters and kind of Dennis and how he interacts with the family. Um, we get, like, very obviously that he cares about Julie and the girls. And, of course, as always, in the Paranormal Activity verse, if you have a camera you are at one point going to try to record yourself having sex and making a sex tape. Absolutely. So it's like, I guess it would be about night one of the encounter, right? Like, um, yes. And we should probably mention that this movie is taking us out of the suburbs of Southern California and trading them in for the suburbs of Northern California, because this movie takes place in Santa Rosa, California, which is literally just said that. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to blame the heat. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so night one. um, So yeah, night one, it's leading up to to the haunting. Uh, Dennis and Julie are like, they're about to smoke the devil's cabbage. And (laughs) he gets Julie high and they start like hanging out and stuff. Which, Which is like directly a reference to a scene in poltergeist right like in poltergeist the parents in that family are both like well they they they're both very clearly like former hippies and uh you know after they put the kids to bed that's what they do they're in their bedroom getting high getting high (laughs) wait you told me coach craig t nelson was smoking weed in the original Absolutely, and uh, I haven't seen original paranormal. I mean, paranormal activity, poltergeist, and hell along. Well, I guess we know what we're going to be uh, reviewing in the month of October. Mm, James Bond. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we. I mean, eventually we do got to go back to James Bond, but yeah. and poltergeist. I guess poltergeist, fine. <laughs> you can have you can have your that can be your pick. But anyway, yeah. So they're so they're getting high. They get a little hot and heavy, and I'm like, oh, whoa. All of a sudden, this is becoming a, a skin a skin flick, <laughs> but no. Well, before they can get a little bit too crazy, uh, they get you know one of those famous California earthquakes that we're all known for, which ends up uh, scaring the entire family. And you know, as the as Dennis and Julie run out to try to get the girls and uh, make sure everyone's okay, we get this shot of uh, dust or like you know stecco that. The weird particle ceiling dots that everyone grew up with <laughs> that like you know when you hit it creates a bunch of dust right a bunch of that is just lands on a figure that is standing like in over the bed like while julie and dennis are were doing their thing and then suddenly it disappears and on the camera you can see that it just the dust just floats to the to the bottom or floats down to the ground so that's our incident for the first night, which Dennis, uh, after reviewing, um, after reviewing the footage, immediately like he is completely entranced and he wants to find out as much about the haunting and he wants to like document as much as possible. He doesn't know what's going on, but he is one hundred percent about it. He wants to prove that something paranormal is going on. Uh, meanwhile, Julie, on the other hand, Julie doesn't. You know, she she's just like, yeah, it's weird, but she doesn't really pay too much, um, too much attention or too much mind to it, right? So, 
after that, uh, Dennis gets his name, or, you know, he talks to his friend Randy, who I think that that's the guy he kind of works with uh, in his camera job, <laughs> his cameraman job where they work events, right? And he reviews the footage, too, and they're able to confirm the thing. So uh, Randy actually suggests that Dennis uh, sets up uh, cameras throughout the house, Um to try to find out, you know, to, to catch any other, uh, any other things going on. Um, and when, uh, oh, we also get, uh, Christy, right? Like the, the, the next night we get Christy interacting with her imaginary friend by the name of Toby. Now, um, uh, and I think Dennis like asks her about him and then she like starts telling him a little bit more about Toby. So Angel, you have a you have a you have a kid. Has your child started with any um, creepy imaginary friends yet? No, my child just talks to her toys. <laughs> In fact, what my daughter actually does more than anything is uh, when she gets scolded for doing things she's not supposed to do. She turns around and scolds her toys in the exact same manner in which we had just scolded her. <laughs> She's like, shit rolls downhill. <laughs> so we are not at uh, imaginary friend uh, stage just quite yet. Uh, like though, if you talk to my wife, there was a period of time when she was much younger where uh, she was kind of looking into something that she'd seen in her room, which is the <laughs> studio that I'm recording in now. <laughs> and uh, apparently, you know, it's one of those things that... that never really got brought up again but it was one of those weird moments where you know my wife asked her is it mom is it dad is it whatever and she said no to all of them damn and that room is like the comfiest room (laughs) it's the comfiest room in the house damn it well you know one of the clearest indications of a haunting are cold rooms and as i can as, as i can tell you right now this is easily one of the hottest rooms on earth it's it's literally <laughs> the exact opposite. <laughs> so at least it's not being haunted. We know that for sure. <laughs> uh, so Dennis and Julie end up hiring a babysitter named Lisa, and she watches the kids. And um, I feel like you're jumping way ahead right now. Oh yeah, we are, man. <laughs> Well, in that case, you remember the film better than me. What about what do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the 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 idea of Toby coming up. You find out that okay, so Toby is the demon now. We had now have a name for our demon that's been following both of our characters around. Uh, Toby very much communicates with Christy, and Katie kind of makes fun of her about you know having this imaginary friend. Um. It's really just a collection of moments, right? Uh, that take place throughout the house. Uh, where I think, I mean, you know, there's not too much. The, the The plot is really, you know, it's really not that difficult to follow. And it's not that, uh, the movie just feels a lot shorter than I always thought it was. But you're uh, watching like all the different hauntings from the other paranormal. It's just like, you know, doors opening and closing. Uh, Chrissy running around at night, uh, you know, being that's the creepy one to me, dude. (laughs) Seeing little kids running around at night, especially. Oh, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the girls' room because it's like a weird loft, (laughs) like with zero doors. Like it's just an open ass loft on the second story, and I'm just like, wow, you want your kids to die, don't you? That's frightening. Yeah, it's pretty frightening. Uh, I I don't think I would like. having a place like that. You know, it's really funny. Actually, these movies have kind of taught me is that why the hell would I want to have this big old giant house where like ghosts could be in every single room in the house? Like I'm, I'm much happier in my tiny little home that I live in, uh, you know, in our condo, because at least it's not like there's no freaking haunted loft that my kids are going to be sleeping in. It's like, why, dude? Like, there's no doors. There's no... And the worst part is the the loft has, like, the creepy-ass attic closet. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. It's it's cool. I, mean, I think if I was a teenager, I'd probably like it more, maybe. But it and, it... and it is, like, neat, like, the kind of stuff that's in this room. 
but most definitely it's uh, you know. not for your like six-year-old daughter <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> i was like this is freaking this is freaking creepy dude yeah but yeah and, like and you know what this movie kind of does too is it, it, i really like the gimmicks that you get in every film the first one you know you had the stationary camera that sat at the at the corner of the room watching mika and katie sleep which was brilliant for its time uh, Paranormal Activity 2 ups the ante by, like, showing us all these different cameras uh, throughout the house, right? And I think they and use the baby cam, right? Like, that was a Yeah, it's, like, cutting back and forth through all these different, uh, all these different kinds of cameras, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this movie brings in its own awesome thing where, you know, it's, it's, it's 1988. You know, we don't have widescreen. There's no, like, giant panoramic-like cameras that exist yet. So Dennis needs, you know, he he's, he talks to uh, his assistant. What's his assistant's name again? Randy. But yeah, <laughs> he talks to Randy, and I think one of the things he mentions is that you know he he needs uh, a way to be able to capture everything that's happening in his living room slash kitchen, right? Which gives us the awesome gimmick of the oscillating fan. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, Dennis is just brilliant because he takes apart this fan and he sits the camera on top of it. And it just... <laughs> Dennis it, is just brilliant. <laughs> That's a pretty high praise for this guy. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, it's, it's, it's you know, you're making something out of something that doesn't exist at this meanwhile, time period, right? Meanwhile, he's maxing out uh, Julie's credit cards like crazy. That's and true. And her freaking, like head witch mom is already trying to <laughs> sacrifice him to Baphomet because of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, we don't know how long that they've that they've been living in this place, I guess. Uh, and it seems like, despite the fact... I love how, like, in movies, like, people are poor and they have these giant suburban houses. Like, how Unrelated, does this I was wa- <laughs> Unrelated, I was watching something on HGTV and I saw, like a three bed, two bath house in Texas for like $230,000. I was like, man, I was like, fuck this. Yeah. I mean, but well, also it's just, obviously we're talking 1988, but it, we're talking Santa Rosa, California. Can you imagine yeah. like what that house in Santa Rosa, California would cost today? Oh no. My, my sister just bought a house out in Santa Rosa and it, trust me, it is like, you're looking at at least something in the half a mil range. Yes, absolutely. It's freaking ridiculous. And, you know, these folks got this damn near mansion-sized home <laughs> just to be running away from demons. <laughs> yeah. So the oscillating fan is an awesome gimmick that lets you look between the living room and the kitchen. And I think what's really cool about it is this movie like you know it's got jump scares you, you get the closet jump scare where julie like scares dennis right uh, oh that goddamn get, bitch that one got me <laughs> you get the different boom mic scare it just sounds like something's like hitting the boom mic and it causes like the jump scare to occur um i think what what this does is it's like it gives you so much like just tension right where you yeah, just, like, i like to call the oscillating fan the anxiety maker yeah like I mean I even though I'd seen this movie before and you know I felt uncomfortable just sitting there watching the camera just oscillate back and forth and like you know it's just like geez like this is really really creepy and you're watching like Katie run around and you know people are going to the kitchen and it's just like you're you're just looking around trying to find anything that you can find that's frightening um you're watching the chandelier like swing in front of the door next thing you know it explodes like it's just right (laughs) they and that's the one thing with that gimmick is they are not afraid to make you wait for the jump scare Mm -hmm. like they and that's i think that that that's actually really good kind of psychology when you're when you're playing with a horror movie right like you're really trying you're really putting your audience on edge until finally get the fat payout they Uh, hold hold it yeah, they hold it long enough to where you don't even they you think the jump scare may not even come anymore, and then that's when it just like mm-hmm. pounces on you. Um, now we yeah now now we can get to the babysitter bit right, which is uh, you know Dennis oh, yeah. and Julie are going for a night on the town, and you know this happens in all the movies up to this point. 
where the parents just like you know need to get a break from their haunted existence <laughs> so they're like we're gonna abandon our children <laughs> yeah but you know <laughs> but yeah you, you need a break right so i i think with katie and uh mika it was the night they they went to they went out and i think it was the ouija board night mm-hmm. i forgot what it was in paranormal mm-hmm. activity 2 in paranormal activity 2 it's the daughter Allie like inviting her boyfriend over while her parents are gone uh, she basically gets locked out of the house uh, while the baby is inside the house with the demon and the dog. Um, That's right. Now I remember. And, and then you can one, see the baby getting lifted, right? Yeah. And, uh. in this, and in this movie, you know, we get our uh, babysitter who is, you know, I guess like... She's oh, co Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, doing, you know, her homework and, and you know, and watching flirting the kids. with Dennis on the camera like a little... <laughs> yeah, I was like, um, what is this? <laughs> I was like, are they fucking... Like, is this something that I'm missing right now? <laughs> I know Randy got really excited when he saw her. <laughs> I know. He saw her on camera as well. I know, Randy was like, hey, hook me up. No, I'm just like... <laughs> I mean, it's good. Hey, you know, make sure they. Uh, I I think I'm pretty sure Dennis disclosed that the entire house is being filmed uh, to her, which is you know, it's good. I guess <laughs> you want to make yeah. sure that people know that this is happening. <laughs> yeah, in case she wasn't gonna see the giant fucking camera sitting on an oscillating fan. <laughs> yeah, and and one of the games that they're playing while uh, Lisa is about to put the girls to sleep is she shows up out of the left of frame of the camera, like she just comes in from the left side of the camera uh, with a giant sheet over her head, right? Like pretending to be a ghost. And, um, you know, once the kids are asleep, and I think it's like 1040 or something like that, it's much later, the kids have been asleep for maybe a couple of hours at this point. And Lisa's in the living room doing her homework. And next thing you know, you see what appears to be either Katie or Christy, like, under the bedsheet about to get a revenge like you know ghost sheet you know scare on lisa mm-hmm. as the as the oscillating cameras moving back and forth and when it moves back to the kitchen that's when the figure is just standing there out of nowhere which like shocked everybody in the audience and mm-hmm. what shocked people in the audience even more is when you know the sheet just completely falls and whatever the figure was just disappears out of nowhere. It's so creepy. Like they, and it's creepy because they've done this before and they go back to it. Like literally in the same movie, right? Like night one, same thing. Like there, when you see the dust fall here, you get it with the sheets. Like it is. And, and, it, and in a way, kind of in a little bit of a way, it tells you, uh, it tells you something about the demon, right? how at this point it really it's it's almost playful and i don't remember if we got that in uh any of the other paranormal activities i i think we talked about it a little bit in paranormal activity one but definitely in this one he he feels kind of like a cheeky little boy like he's just like trying to he's trying to get a rise out of people he's trying to like almost he's almost being playful until he finally gets mad you know um and he, you know, he he's even using the same types of jokes and uh, and and tr- the same types of quote unquote jokes that Lisa was using to try to get a scare out of her. Um, and you know, up until now, everything Toby has been doing has just been to try to get people's attention. It, it, you know, there there's not much inviting uh, malevolence or talent to tell you that this uh, that he's there to to cause harm until. Uh, the day of the Bloody Mary game, right? And I think that is when they have Dennis come. Uh, oh no, Randy comes over. And uh, well, I think before we get into into the Bloody Mary thing, uh, once this incident occurs with Lisa, uh, she does not mention anything to uh, Dennis and Julie, right? Like she is absolutely terrified and does whatever she needs to do to get the hell out of that house as quickly as possible. Um. And, you know, it, it looks like Katie is now becoming sick. Uh, is it because she's being possessed by something? Or is it just that she just has, like, a child uh, illness? Sorry, Christy, not Katie. But, uh, did she, you know, Christy's going to have to be taken to the doctor's office or mm-hmm. hospital, whatever. 
and Dennis and Julia are going to take them. So that's when Randy is there with Katie in the house. And, you know, Randy even brought it up, brought it, brings, is the one who brings it up earlier, the Bloody Mary game. And I guess he promised the girls that they'd actually be able to play it. And uh, Katie decides to go ahead and play it with Randy. And uh, <laughs> well, before that, real quick, like before we get into the Bloody Mary scene, um, I'm trying to remember if I misremember things because also I'm like trying to look at the plot outline on Wikipedia, which is just terrible. So that goes into that should tell you, like, you know, how how the story's kind of all over the place in this movie. But the scene where um, where Katie gets locked into the closet in in the girl's room, has that already happened by now? Mm, yeah, I'm not totally sure that it's happened already. Okay. It probably I think it might it might have. Mm-hmm. Um, or it might even be after this. Because I think like as you said the it almost like it almost seems like the bloody mary game is what pisses uh, toby off more than anything mm-hmm. else and it becomes a lot more like violent and uh, dangerous after that thing happens yeah so yeah so in that case we will yeah let's just jump into the bloody mary game right so uh katie and brandy are are at the house while uh dennis and julie take um they, yeah they take chrissy to the hospital and so they turn off the light they go into a bathroom turn off the light and they say bloody mary three times and then i'm trying to remember if they do a jump scare where randy tries to scare katie like by turning on the light um i you know i I really don't have too much of a memory in this movie at this point (laughs) but um you know they they end up turning on the light and then that's when when the weirdness starts happening right like they see a black figure run run across the hall, run down the hall and like pass them really fast and then does it again. And then like they end up slamming the door and like something's trying to get into the room uh, with them while Katie's freaking out. Randy's trying to hold it together. He's like trying not to freak out. And then suddenly he starts getting scratched by an invisible creature within the room like all on like on his chest on his, and on his side and then finally they're able to uh get out of there and like you like yeah i think like we were mentioning earlier at this point it felt like at this point was a real turning point in um in the the haunting in, in this film because much like in paranormal activity 1 when the demon uh was playing with the Ouija board uh, because Michael was kind of challenging him. Like here we see that Toby doesn't like being challenged by anybody. You, you know, we saw it in, in the first one with Mika and then we see it here because like, you know, um, for those, I don't know if people are super into like urban legends and stuff, but when you do Bloody Mary or if you do any ghost or if you do any of those games, like the intention is that you're trying to make contact with something on the other side and it's like at this point toby's trying to establish his dominance in the household and tell people that you don't need to go looking for something because i'm right here if you really want um proof i'm going to give it to you so you know from here on it gets ramped up to you know it gets ramped up to 11 to the point where uh some stuff other stuff happens but ultimately the the family has to move out of the house um to try to escape the haunting right and it's like the escalation keeps happening like i was mentioning uh, like we there's certain scenes where we see that toby starts um trying to 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 get christy to agree to something uh she's he's trying to get christy to we you know we're not 100 percent sure what it is because christy's the only person that's able to communicate or see toby um but in order to convince her to start doing it or to for, and convince her to agree, um, Toby starts putting like Katie in danger and starts threatening the rest of the family to the point where, um, where Katie gets like locked in the room or locked in the, in the closet, um, like in the middle of the night <laughs> while she's like, uh, while she's like, um, like freaking out uh, to try to get Christy to agree to whatever it is Toby wants. Uh, we also get 
kind of some more hauntings like the girls i think for i forgot what night it was exactly but there was one point where the girls like stay outside if you remember like the camping scene where the girls uh go camp outside um and they get just like again uh toby just kind of messing around the household um but also what you know all these instances of um of the hauntings and all the crazy shit going on around the house this pushes Dennis and Randy to uh, do a little bit more research, right? Uh, so we see that Dan- that uh, I was about to say Danny, like combined Dennis and Randy, <laughs> but we see that Dennis um, ends up going to the uh, go to the library and he and he gets some books on demonology and just kind of like occult practices, and he finds out about. Um, you know, he finds out about these uh, symbols that he found, or uh, symbols that he finds, um, and how they're related to um, how they're related to a coven of witches that brainwashes girls uh, into having sons. Uh, and then the this coven forces them to give up their sons to serve as vessels for demons. Um, and the thing is that because the girls get brainwashed, they wouldn't remember any of this later on. And you know what's funny? There is that scene where Lois uh, is there with Julie at the house, and one of the things that Lois is talking to her about is if she ever wanted to have more kids. And Lo- and Julie mentions to her that she's happy with the girls, and so is Dennis and stuff. So it seems that, like, I feel like to me it feels at the moment they say that she and Dennis are not interested in having kids, Dennis's usefulness uh, runs out immediately. Oh yeah, and it, because Lois gets very combative about that, she's like, "Well, why don't you?" Want? <laughs> like she yeah. really wants answers as to why they don't want another kid. Um, so yeah, like it, 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 it's pretty crazy at this point. Um, I think that's the last we'll see, we see of Randy for the rest of the film because after being attacked, he's pretty much out. Um, yeah, and then. Oh, this is where it happens. Okay, so the, the, the scene I was talking about where Katie is getting attacked by Toby until Christy agrees uh, to do what he says, that's pretty much what prompts them to move into Lois's house at, down in, uh, they move down south to Moore Park, right? And there, um, that's when they start seeing like uh, creepy stuff going on at, uh, at Lois's house too. Um, you know, we, they, 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 they settle in, uh, Christie's demeanor changes almost immediately as soon as they get to the house. Um, she, you know, the, like her, she immediately like stays with Lois. She's kind of weird. Like she, she doesn't really want to talk to people unless Lois is around. And there's like that scene where Lois is like getting her ready and like, you know, putting makeup or putting stuff on her. And then they're like, wow, you look beautiful, Christy. And then, um, you know, someone says that, oh, you look like you're, she's ready to get married. And they're like, who are you getting married to? To which, um, to which uh, Christy uh, responds that she's getting married to Toby. I was like, oh, my God, I do not remember that. And that really creeped me out. And I was just like, okay, if my kid, if I ever have a kid and they say they're getting married to their, uh, uh, to their fucking uh imaginary friend i am selling the house and i'm leaving the kid in the house and i'm just driving away i'm like fuck that (laughs) yeah and and, and just the mere mention of just the mere mention of the name toby at this point upsets both of both julie and dennis and they want to put them away uh, to sleep immediately yeah and it's like at this point like and and it's the most common thing in the paranormal activity movies you not only do you see like the effects that the individuals are going through as the um, hauntings progressively get worse, you see like the the wear it it does on the relationship and how it degrades the relationship between the main characters as the nights progress, right? And at this point, like Julie wants nothing to do with the demons. Like she wants, like she thinks it's all bullshit. She thinks Dennis is stupid for. Con- continuing to uh film and and uh taking it serious and she you know she in a way she kind of blames him because he's going looking for something that's what makes it uh makes it worse right um 
but yeah, like you were mentioning, so they end up putting the girls to sleep uh, at the mere mention of Toby. Around one in the morning, they get woken up by some loud, like, crashing noises again. Uh, Julie goes to check it out. And then um, after some time, I think uh, Dennis waits like 15, 20 minutes. And then he finally goes to look for her. Um, he starts finding, like, weird, like, occult, um, like, symbols, oh, symbols and, like, pictures and shit on the walls. Um, he ends up finding this a symbol that he saw in the girls' room that I think uh, Lois had left there. Yeah, and it even appears on uh, Christie's light bright uh, during one of the Toby haunting scenes. That's right. It is. You do see it. It's very early in the film too. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we end up seeing um, a bunch of creepy old ladies again. <laughs> Yes, we get. Oh my God! It's a, here we are, hereditary territory. Except I thought it was less comedic, and you know, it's less funny than the scenes of them like just charging at the kids and in the marked ones. It's a lot more of like a standing still and stationarily watching them as they walk up, getting closer to everyone in the house. And uh, we don't know where Katie is. We don't know where Julie is. Uh, so Dennis just sees Christy there and uh, is trying to protect her as best he can. Um, he keeps her in a closet after, you know, you have people banging and trying to open the closet door that they're in. Uh, Dennis goes out looking for Katie and uh, Julie finds Julie, you know, mesmerized, levitating, you know, unconsciously at the top of the stairs. And then she gets dropped on top of him. Uh, when Dennis, like, even before, you know, even before that, when Dennis uh, saw, you know, Katie uh, just kind of sitting facing away from him uh, near the bottom of the stairs, uh, right before he dies, like he goes up to her trying to kind of like maybe grab her and take her into the same closet that Chrissy's in. But Katie turns around and she has the evil demon face and attacks mm-hmm. him. Uh, he goes flying. And then, you know, when the camera's just sitting there watching him get closer uh, to the girls and Lois, uh, he basically gets folded in half backwards. Oh God! <laughs> and uh, that's how he dies. It, and it looks so gnarly, like because you see him like bend in a very mm-hmm. unnatural way, and then you hear the loud snap. And I love, and that's the thing about about uh, paranormal activity. I think we talk a lot about like the practical effects. I don't. I don't know if I've ever given this movie the props it deserves on the sound effects, because it mm-hmm. feels like the sound cues are just as important, if not more important, um, for a lot of these films. Because, like, especially when you hear Toby like stomp on, stomping in the in the living room, right? Mm-hmm. You can like, even though we can't see him, it's just the sound of it. He just sounds heavy and terrifying. And so menacing because of the way, like, just this, we learn so much about this creature without ever being able to see it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge props to uh, the filmmakers being able to paint a picture of this guy using uh, sound effects. Uh, or, you know, uh, paint a picture of this demon with only using sound effects. Um, yeah, and at this point, we get that, we we get that creepiness where Lois, like, just takes the girl's you know takes the girl's hands and walks him back upstairs and you know the the movie cuts to black and then no no end title card no nothing just goes straight to uh credits and that's it that's paranormal activity three mm-hmm. yeah it was uh you know well i guess if i'm gonna give my final thoughts in this movie i definitely like it um oh yeah do you like this movie I don't, <laughs> I don't like it as much. I don't like it as much as I thought I would. Uh, I was a little disappointed by how like kind of bare bones it was, and I just remember it being a lot more frightening. I don't know if I just got it mixed up with, uh, you know, part two or something, or yeah, it's just like it seemed to be to me. It just it was longer, it was scarier, and uh, yeah, I completely misremembered some of it. it no, overall, it's overall not a hundred percent that because I think I misremembered a lot lot of this movie too mm-hmm. and overall it's not a bad movie it's just uh i also very recently watched paranormal activity 2 and that second movie is probably miles above where this third movie is 
and just a lot of diminishing returns, right? Like the franchise started getting less good as the sequels started to pile on. And then you get that one shining moment, which I guess most idiots out there do not like the marked ones. But uh, No, we are in a very vocal minority in that one. <laughs> well, suck all of the dick because uh, that movie fucking rocks. Suck all our demon dicks. Uh, yeah, oh, so man. how do you yeah. feel about Paranormal Activity 3? I don't like it. Honestly, <laughs> like it, like you said, it's a movie. You go to the well one too many times. Mm-hmm. It felt like this was the movie that was going to the well one too many times. Like, Yeah, you got some cool gimmicks to make it a little bit more interesting. Um, but the, it's so disjointed in the beginning, the way they, they, they try to do the nights, and there's it's like so much happens in such a weird time span where I just like, honestly, there's a lot of shit that happens in the beginning we didn't talk about because mm-hmm. so much stuff happens, so much little things that are inconsequential to the plot that there's like, you know, it, it, it feels like it's too much filler. It feels like the uh, first 45 minutes of this film are very like, feels like very much like filler. And mm-hmm. that's kind of a problem when the runtime of your movie is like 84 minutes. <laughs> you know and it's like yeah i mean it's it's a short movie it's an hour and 24 but it still feels like a long hour and 24 for some reason um you know like the kids were okay it always feels weird when you have kid actors and especially in horror films um you know uh i think what was the uh, i still stand by what i said uh when we watched jurassic park that the girl that played uh lexi was probably the best like terrified um child actor <laughs> or actress <laughs> that i've ever seen mm-hmm. and, you know she kind of sets the bar there um but yeah i mean it's one of those movies you can you can kind of miss this mm-hmm. like if you miss paranormal activity 3 i'm pretty sure paranormal activity 4 is going to fill you in on everything you need <laughs> Ugh, yeah don't uh, maybe you don't ever go past two one two and the marked ones marked ones like that's it <laughs> Yeah, there's your trilogy. Good night, everybody. We appreciate yeah. you guys joining us for this episode. Continue interacting with us on social media and uh, giving us reviews on iTunes if, or Apple Podcasts if you can. Uh, help Try to help get the word out on the podcast so that we can you know, continue to boost our listenership. And we just appreciate everyone who's continuing to follow us uh, on this, you know, on this podcast. Uh, our schedules have been really crazy these last several weeks. So uh, we've definitely had to schedule recording days at, you know, days that aren't normally our recording uh, sessions. Yeah, we've had to shift some stuff around. So by the time you guys get this episode, it'll probably be a um, little bit of a weird day. But eh, you're used to it. You're used to us over here at the Dewey Like Movies family. We we tend to go by the seat of our pants around here. (laughs) Uh, So we'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, Take care. Sounds good. Later, y'all.